Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to $10 billion, I decided I am going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter four, page six. I think it's six. Today's date is Wednesday, May 3rd, and it's 8.21 a.m. Before we get into the topics of the day, we start off with screen time. That is when I and Melissa check our phone so we can see how much time we're spending on it so that next week we can try and spend less time on our phone. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, uh, even though there are some good things to use on the phone, there are a lot of not as good things. So trying to manage that is just the reason we have screen time. Okay, so last week, every day, I spent an average of 10 hours and 50 minutes on my phone. That's basically 11 hours every day. That's almost half the day I spent using my phone. So let's see, how did I spend spend that time on my phone so i spend 15 hours and 25 minutes on instagram that's almost two hours a day that's kind of high that is i'm not gonna lie that's kind of high i'm gonna have to work on that that's that's a little high uh twitter is 11 and a half hours a week about an hour and a half a little bit more than an hour and a half a day that's not terrible mail is eight hours which is about an hour a day which is kind of crazy uh, YouTube is an hour a day, roughly, and then camera is for four hours out the week. And then I picked up my phone on average 122 times per day, just down from the week before. And my first used app after pickup is Instagram. So I'm hoping I can get that down. I feel like it's hard to get Instagram down just because it's kind of like, ah, that's not true. That's not true. I think one of the problems that I have now, oh, I think I know it might be the part of the issue so i have a screen time like a timer on my phone and whenever that timer goes off i don't get notifications so i think i remember talking about it before that having notifications on my phone actually helped me i feel like with my screen time so having it turn i used to be like hey no no uh notifications at all i think going back to having it where my phone is no longer able to show me notifications for apps that time out I think it makes me check the app more. So I said, the reason why I'm on Instagram a lot, I'm trying to see if anybody DM'd us, if we have any messages, uh, if we have any comments to respond to, uh, posting. And then once I get on there, I feel like that's when I kind of get into that thing. And then once I'm in the thing, I just keep stay, I keep going back to the thing. And I also realize that it's something I do for, like in my downtime, so that's like, it's hard to gauge how much of it is bad or how much of it is good. They should allow you to kind of check what you're doing specifically on Instagram. Like, oh, were you on this page for X amount of time? Were you on Reels for X amount of time? Were you on here for X amount of time? I think that would be a good feature to have. So uh, what is your screen time looking like? Last week I spent on average seven hours and a half on my phone. So it's up 8% from the week before. My most used app was Instagram for 11 hours. 
then Gmail for almost eight hours, then TikTok for seven, uh, Messages for four, and then Square for three. My first use app after pickup is Gmail, and then Square, and then Instagram. Uh, and I picked up my phone on average 232 times um, last week. Oh yeah, subscriber check. All right, on the Bamboo Project channel, we are at 6,470 subscribers. And then on the Candle channel, we are at 346 subscribers. First topic on oh, for the day is the Kiva loan, okay? So shout out to everybody that supported and loaned through Kiva. It was very much appreciated. It helped us get to the number, the final, the final six thousand dollars that we needed. Um, I think it's crazy how fast it got funded. We had tried to get the loan funded, or I think we got approved for it the twentieth. I think nineteenth or twentieth, right? They fully funded the loan within a week. So the loan was fully zero to 100 funded in one week. And it was crazy because one day we had posted like, hey, we're at 60% of the loan on Instagram and we're almost there. We have like another, we have to, at that point, we still have maybe 30 days left to go in the loan. Maybe like, yeah, close to 30 days left, right? So then I don't know what happened, but we just woke up and in the middle of the night, it just said the loan was funded. And I'm like, bro, that's like $3,000. So I think what happened was, I think what happened was we had like a, a match. So how matches work on Kiva is if someone donates $25, a larger corporation will just match it. So they had the villain Don Versenbergs. They had uh, Bank of America. They had IT Cosmetics. They had a lot of different brands that will just match whatever you are trying to get through Kiva. And I think that once we had a certain amount, their matching kind of came through. And that's how we ended up getting to the, the full 6,000. So I said, I think that we made a great decision, even though other people feel otherwise about paying off the Kiva loan because we paid $800 towards Kiva and got 600 or $6,000 back. And now we can use that to continue to grow the company. So I said, I think it's always about strategic moves that you make even if you have like we do very 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 small amounts of money it's like okay what do i get the best return on and i feel like a lot of people don't look at it like that and us investing 800 of paying off kiva and getting six thousand dollars back within like two weeks seems like honestly might be is the best investment this year mm, mm. it might be in terms of like how much we put out, how much we got back, and in the time frame that we did that, it might be the best investment that we made this year. So, I said, I'm excited for that. Now, I think it's funny, though, because I said this in the live yesterday, that as of right now, we currently have to pay back $1,200 in debt. We have $500 to two investors separately, and then we have the $250 for the Kiva loan. And... That's a mortgage. Like we we have to we have to pay a mortgage every single month right now. So it's like once we pay that off, all that money could literally just go to a new apartment. It could go to uh it could it could go to a lot of different things. And I said we're gonna be making way more money down the road. 
but $1,200 every single month minimum. Like that's before we even count for inventory, before we even count for living expenses like food, any of those things, we're paying $1,200 per month. So with this 6,000, how we plan to spend it is I have a list of supplies that we have to buy, right? Because April was supposed to be us buying all those supplies in the beginning of the month, but a lot of things went wrong. Uh, people wanted money from us. Um, then we ordered wax. It didn't come in the right color. Uh, we had other expenses come up. So it's kind of like we weren't able to buy all the things we wanted to buy to lower our cost. So it seems like those things will be bought now. So yeah, I've seen some of them, right? We have the shopping bags. So originally we only bought the small ones. We have three sizes and we chose to only buy the small ones because again, strategically, like what is the best thing to purchase? We know that people buy majority travel size candles, right? So it doesn't really make much sense for us to, if we have to choose between the largest, the middle size and the small one, for us to get any of the other ones besides the small one. So that one is like literally maybe like this big. Uh, I'm gonna say maybe it's four by six inches, something like that, four by seven inches, um, if even. And that's for the travel size candle. We have to buy the velvet bags. Those are already sampled. We have them, we just have to pay for it. Uh, I actually found, I said this yesterday, I found a beeswax supplier, right? Now, this one is in the States. However, this morning I got a price of an overseas supplier. Right now we're paying like 675 to 650 depending on how much wax we're getting. That's the wholesale price, right? If I buy 100 pounds of wax twice in a month, I'm spending $1,200 if not $1,400 on the wax. If y'all were in the live, y'all saw the sprays, uh, we're gonna be buying the new scents, like the fragrances, so this week, honestly, I gotta add it to my list too. I need to send the samples to the lab for them to test it and make us our own. The new scents are coming out, uh, hopefully within a week. I think they should be out in a week or two, like in a, for sure. We, now that we have this loan, like I said, it's going, it's going up. And we talked about last week that the same people in the beginning of the year that loaned us 1500 uh, asked us if we wanted to apply for this new program they have for like online marketing where they give up to $7,500. So if we get both of those, it's up. It's, it's so up like that. That is not the full amount that we need, but that is a very good chunk to get us to a, a stable foundation within the candles. So I'm hoping we can get that. We, we, we secured one. We secured the six. Now we got to secure the 75. We got it. Listen, we got to keep our foot on the neck. We're going to get a sign for the candle fair in Williamsburg, like a neon sign that goes on the clouds. You see, I stay tuned. Y'all just see us growing. You'll see everything on the candle channel and the candle Instagram. Topic number two is the house update. So <sighs> last week, the guy who was there or uh, who was supposed to go, he had canceled on me like two or three times, right? He said, Hey, I know it's supposed to come out on Friday. I couldn't come out because I had another thing scheduled. Then he said, hey, I know it should have came out today, but it's my nephew's 
first birthday so i can't come out and he ended up coming out finally on sunday so he went to the house with a lot of pictures i just remember something he told me too oh man i'm gonna have to call him so what he told me was it was raining really bad here in new york right like i'm talking about so bad that it was leaking at the fair on us on people next to us on different booths they had water coming in on top of them right he was telling me that it's leaking at the house because the doors that they put on is letting water into the house. So now he said that the water kind of pulling up and he wouldn't want the floor to kind of get, you know, whatever messed up or something like that. He said bubble up. So I have to figure out, I got to call them, the dog company and see what they, what happens in cases like this. Like what happens when you damage the house based of what you guys made? Like, are you guys responsible for that? You know, what's the protocol with that? But today on my list of to do is send him the information that he needs to go forward with this insurance claim. Uh, I it seems so far to be pretty straightforward. Like I said, I'm just hoping that we could just send him some receipts that we have. They send us a check and we just do what do we have to do like that would really be the icing on the cake for this whole situation like i'm over the house uh shout out to my guy tory though like i said he's killing it right now in uh i think he has a house in florida where he has two he well he has one that they already uh started on the lot and then he has another one that he just purchased so bruh they have a new comp that just came out on the market like for five hundred thousand dollars something like that so we were talking in the Discord, and he was just saying that prices are kind of creeping back up a little bit. So I just think it would be crazy. Now, I don't know how we would pull this off. I'm not even trying to pull it off, but if it somehow came up that we did, if we somehow kept the house until prices went back up, that would be crazy. But I don't know when that's going to be. And I also, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like houses are like going up in that area. It's I, I definitely see a lot of people dropping house prices like if i go check right now let's see what we have in uh in philadelphia okay so there's a house up the block from ours three two and a half they want it's been on the market for 58 days they want two hundred thirty nine thousand for it this house has been on the market since before we even finished our house they've been trying to sell it for a minute honestly it kind of looks like our house a little bit so they had it listed last year at 279 now it's down to 239 and it still hasn't been purchased okay we have a two bedroom two bathroom for 289 1730 hollywood is 279 it's not bad we have a 275 hmm, it's not bad but they dropped everybody dropped the price all these, all these numbers i'm giving you are prices that have been dropped so the first one for 289 started at 10,000. No, excuse me. It went down 10,000. Then they have another one that was 279. That one has been on market for 7 days. There's another one on 2 on 1523 North Hollywood. It's at 275 right now. It went down 24,000. This other one went down 10k. So it's kind of like none of these are going up up. 1739 Dover. Where is that at? That's up the block. Yeah, they dropped that one, 5K. Every, every single price, every single house has the price going down. So, you know, like I said, if 
I wouldn't. I don't know how long it would take for us to sell the house to end with a lot of things that we know are, are there as far as like. The basement is not fully finished. We would have to re-add uh, or reinstall all the appliances and fix the sheetrock. The reason why I think there's a situation where we keep the house is because at this point in time, it doesn't seem like anybody cares about the house. Not me, not the agent, not the lenders, not the insurance company, not the buyers. The house is just sitting there. Right. So as of right now, we still own the house. So if, it, if if under some weird circumstance that this continues on for a year and they don't foreclose on the house, it's kind of like uh, it's just it's just sitting there. What? I don't know what you shaking your head, making faces and shaking your head. I don't want it. You don't want what? The house. What do you mean you don't want it? But I mean, what does that mean? Though, even though it's here for a year. Okay, so if the house price went up to four hundred thousand. You wouldn't want to sell it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it would be here if the house is here until the market goes back up. That would be crazy. Like we're just sitting here, like, oh yeah, the house now valued at. That would be crazy. That would be insane. That would be crazy because then then we then we fail. That that's what I'm like. It would be that would be an insane thing. But uh, the only reason I think that's an option is because. I have not heard a word from the lenders. They haven't emailed me. They haven't called me. They haven't sent me no mail. Nothing. They send me the thing every month like, hey, here's how much you owe. And that's it. That's it. So I'm like, all right. And mind you, I called them and I haven't paid since January. And I'm like, honestly, that's not true. I haven't paid since before January. It might have been like November, December. I haven't paid. And it's just been like. So I'm not really sure what their situation is, but I'm like, for them to foreclose on it, that they have to own the house in Philly, they're gonna sell it for probably a loss. They might be doing, they might be doing the same thing we're doing. It's like, are we gonna wait until the house go back up, and then we're gonna foreclose on it then, and then we're gonna take it back and sell it. So like I said it's just a crazy situation right now as far as that. Um, I don't know if it's a COVID thing or not, but I noticed that a lot of times not paying these institutions they just be like right, well damn that's crazy and that's it they just go about their business like the mca lenders gave us thirty thousand dollars and don't care that's not crazy right but you know what's even crazy about that it was from different lenders so they all didn't give us 30 right. so which makes it even even less They're like oh 10k we make that we make that every week, like not even every week, probably multiple times a week. That that might not even like justify legal, right? Proceedings for it. That's crazy. And then you have to pay the lawyer, pay the lawyer at the time. They have to actually go to court, and you might even get ten. Right, they're probably gonna have to settle for six. Yeah. Oh, let me get my six thousand from you. Right. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. That's totally insane. Like I said, I, I just, I don't know how this whole thing is even set up. So, like, yeah, this whole this whole thing is just crazy. Uh, but that's where we are at with the house. I am waiting for my aunt to send me bank statements. She was supposed to send them, like, a week ago. She didn't send them. Then she sent them, but they're, like, blurry. 
and they're really small, so I can't really see it because, like I said, I'm not really sure when it comes to filing insurance how much they need. So because I don't know, right? Here's what I did. I went on ChatGPT and I asked, hey, ChatGPT for do insurance companies need receipts to send you your money for an insurance claim? You know what it said? It said no. Mm-hmm. What? This is like, I guess it might just depend on your specific insurance company. So I don't think it's a law. So here's what I think from what ChatGPT told me. They will just send you however much that thing is currently worth on the market. So, right? So it's like a receipt just to prove, like if I paid more. How do you prove that it was there? No, I can say I had a vintage Chevy Lambo in my garage that got stolen. How do I prove that I had a vintage Lambo in my garage without the receipt? You don't, but that's insurance fraud. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, because there has to be some type of repercussion. Right. You can't just willy-nilly, but okay. You, and it's like, at the end of the day, if you if you start going to levels like that, they're probably going to be like, sir, like, because at the end of the day, also, they are doing their own investigation. So if they say, okay, we have a camera, like, there's no way you got a, a Lambo in this door. Like, how'd you get it in here? They go, oh, well, it went through the window. It doesn't fit. So it's like, they may use it as a reason to not give it to you. Okay. Right? That's pretty much what happens. I mean, I remember reading an article a while back, right, where this guy he was doing. Um, I guess it's, it wasn't it wasn't insurance fraud. It was more of tax fraud. So he had bought like a I don't know how carrots work. Let's say a fourteen carat gold tub. Like his whole bathroom was just straight gold. The, the like. The fixtures, the ceiling, everything. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is a tax write-off for my business. And they were like, what? And then he ended up going to jail. They took his ass to jail. Yeah, because I'm like, what was his business? You're going to jail, bro. What was <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember which business was. It was a long time ago. But I just, I just remember the fact that, like, because they were saying that he was doing it for mad long. He was writing off crazy like that for mad long. But they just never went to go check or look or anything. I mean, that's the other thing, too. With, like, I remember when I was working at Starbucks because it's, it, it sounds like it's similar. Until they get to that amount, so that they could then prosecute them. Isn't that crazy? So, like, as a thief, I could be like, "All right, guys, I'm kind of hungry. I'm just gonna take ten dollars off the register and go get something to eat." What are you gonna do? Fire me? I mean, you could fire me. Why did they fire them? I guess they was feeling petty. Hmm. I see it's that. Also, it's also the store manager that was stealing. No, like. Oh, who who has to prosecute? Like, who has to? Right. So even though like the store manager is working for Starbucks, it's not Starbucks that's doing the thing. Yeah. It's the manager of the store, and that's what they decided to do. 
Bro, that's what I'm saying. This whole thing is crazy. And now, I don't know how familiar you are with the San Francisco situation. Are you... Okay, so... A lot of these stores have laws of how much you can steal before it's a crime. Right. Right? They also have laws that you can't really stop someone from stealing as an employee. You have videos people just walking in with carts, filling up carts. I had went to, I think it was Marshall's in like um the financial district mm -hmm. and i literally saw a woman with like a laundry bag of clothes mm -hmm. that she like she stole their clothes and was putting it in this laundry bag and she was walking out the store and the security guard couldn't really do anything but just make sure that she leaves right and they so that's kind of what you were seeing when you said it wasn't the bath and beyond uh, Walmart, I think, is one of the stores. They're closing up a lot of... That's in Chicago. That's another, that's another problem in itself. In terms of what? The, the like, ramifications of them. Well, that's, that's secondary. Right. I'm talking about... I mean, that's, I mean, that's the right. I'm talking about that they... A lot of the reasons that they are closing up the stores are a lot of the people are just stealing stuff. So it's like... I, thought this, I saw that they were losing, like, millions. Right. And, like, and it's like, what well, do you can't... Like, if you have a, a ring of people coming here and just steal stuff... It is what it is. And then, like, I remember telling people before I had a roommate who worked at Walmart. And he told me how easy it is to steal from Walmart. He was telling me it is significantly easier to steal a TV than a box of condoms. Because they expect you to steal condoms. So they have, like, a little thing on it that read that uh, alerts the, the door when you go through. He said a TV is so big, they don't bother putting it on it because they don't think nobody's actually going to steal a TV. They're like, who's going to walk in here and steal a 60-inch TV and just walk right out? And he's like, yeah, a lot of people. Enough people would just be like, yeah, this is nice. Because at the end of the day, if I walk through this thing, right, and there's no alarm, why are you stopping me? Right. And then it's crazy, too, because they have technology now where it's like, you ever try to leave a, um, leave a, a store that you're not supposed to take the shopping carts out? Mm -hmm. That shit will lock instantly. It got you fucked up. It was right. pushing it, now you stopped. Like, and and and, and you bought it. <laughs> like, right? They be like, so, they want they want the cart more than groceries. Right. So it's kind of like, honestly, I don't even know how much a cart costs because I be seeing carts where they're not supposed to. <laughs> Bro, I seen a guy walk out the house yesterday with a city bike, and I was just kind of like. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, what are you doing with that? I'm like, why is that in your apartment? But I'm like, I know a lot of people that have it that be doing that. But I just think, I'm like, bro, you live here. Why do you have a city bike in your apartment? Like I said. Maybe he had a bad day. Maybe he needed to come home. It was an emergency. You know, he had to get home real fast. Couldn't find a city bike drop off. But right? it's crazy because it's like, if you could do that, if you could put that, you make the wheel locking mechanism, you can have something on the TV that makes an alarm when you leave with it. Um, they just like you said, they just choose not to because it's like it's big and heavy. Right, I don't. That's the thing too. I don't know. Cause okay, there's multiple things. So I mean, right? There's they, if they wanted to, they could stop you from stealing. Cause they could stop you from stealing a box of condoms. Right. But it's like now I have to wrap this. I have to unwrap it. Whatever that thing, and I gotta unlock it and take it off. They're like, ah, you nobody's gonna steal this. That's more. That's more work, more labor. Just don't do it. Yeah, I remember working at. It is. It is more. When I was working, <laughs> I was working at Models, and one of the things that I, I really did like about working at the different retail locations I was working at was how much things cost, and what I would expect to cost a lot, 
that's not even like I know people will come in here and think I should steal this. It's like no, you shouldn't steal that. This is what you should steal. So mm-hmm. like when I was working at Models, I think they're closed. Honestly, the company or that particular I think the store. Company is closed, but that's that's what I think. Hmm. Um, when I was working at Models, people would steal like you know the Nike or whatever. It would be in the front of the store, but we would have to lock it up. That locking up thing is crazy. So they had pretty much the security tag but the security tag had like a hole on it that you have to loop this metal rope through and every time so let's say that i'm taking you to try on this medium and it's too big every i have to i have to unloop it through the rope and lock it each time like so if you get lazy and don't feel like locking it but making it look like it's locked and somebody find out they're gonna steal it's gonna be on you but the other thing too the things that you should really be stealing is in the it's in the back and on the wall, and it's the jerseys. Oh, jerseys huh? are mad expensive. That's funny. Hockey jerseys run you two hundred dollars easy. That's crazy. Easy. Yeah, that's for crazy. one jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a flex. I think it's funny because I'm not in that market, but I know that I've heard of that price thing oh my god it's it's so expensive Dude, like bro i got i got everybody's jersey i got so, lebron's rookie jersey like and it's like you don't even that's not something i think about as an expensive thing until i was working there yeah and then for you to steal it you would have to get on a ladder <laughs> to, to take it down if uh, if someone wanted to see it could you could you give it to them yeah you could try it on so i could just walk out the store yeah oh, okay. do what you gotta do crazy. but like yeah 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 that's crazy but people don't think about that. They try to steal the Air Force Ones. That is like, oh, okay, I know you're trying to steal. Bruh, that's, yeah, this, and I just think we live in a facade, and we have to live in a facade. Otherwise, the world wouldn't work. Like, if if we all knew that there weren't enough cops to arrest everybody, if we all knew how money actually worked. If we knew that there wasn't enough hospitals to uh, to supply the people that are injured, if we knew that people didn't know about, uh, like, if we knew that doctors don't actually know that much about health and medicine, we wouldn't, like, society would fall into chaos. But we have to go through life thinking that these things work. We all saw a lot of stuff with COVID. We're like, oh, wow. A lot of stuff don't even work. I didn't even know that they don't have this or they don't have that because we never have to experience that because we just assume everything works, right? Our current situation with the house, if you think it, just, it makes more sense for them to not bother us if we don't pay rent for one, for multiple reasons. One, we pay them with the, uh, with the, what was that called? What, not the grant, what would you call those? Oh, it was a relief. Program. Right. So that program gave us or paid off like two years of rent. So if I'm a landlord and I have this huge building and I have this young couple who paid me half the rent in a day or two years worth of rent in a day. And honestly, like I said, it's not even once you know how things work, that's how you make money. That's how you're able to get ahead in life. A lot of people don't know how most things work at all. They just assume they know, but they don't really know. The person that owns this building does not come to this building. He probably rarely ever comes to this building. The management company runs the building. If they're not a good management company, they have they have a margin of like 
Oh, we're only we're do, we're at ninety five percent capacity, or we have ninety five percent people paying their rent. That's a great number. They can brag about that number, and then you have me and Melissa in the five percent. We're kind of like, yeah, I don't care about us. They're like, no, nah, we don't care about y'all. Like, we don't care about y'all. We're still making seven million dollars a month. And, and, and we occupying the space. Right, and I can take this. I can take this to the bank and go, hey, I'm fully occupied. My building is fully uh, rented out. And we don't cause no problems. Right. Then the bank will go, oh, you're fully rented out? Here's more money. Right? And they're like, and we're just sitting here in the middle like, um... Right, because there's more money in the rental contract than there is. Yeah. Right. They don't care who's... They, they would, if they could, they would have nobody living in the building <laughs> and just have <laughs> leases right. and go around with that. <laughs> that would be way better for them. They'd be like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. No wear and tear on the units. Just, yeah. And honestly, they do that in the city. They, that's, how you, that's how you launder. They do that all, all the time. So they're like, listen, we if, if we had a situation where maybe we were like destroying stuff, right. complaining all the time, we were uh, maybe, and even then, none of these buildings or apartments are that expensive, but like if we had one of those uh, Manhattan buildings, right? They have apartments where it's like one building or one floor is worth like five other floors. We don't have that in this building. The most expensive lease is probably like th maybe $3,000. We have the, the small. We, we literally have the lowest amount of money we could pay them every month. It's $1,700. Like, they don't have no lower than this. They're like, what? It's like, oh, come on, bro. And like I said, I know they're going to refinance this house and buy another one. They're going to refinance this. They, they, they literally did it, right? They, did. they literally, they did. since we've been here, they refinanced <laughs> it. <laughs> People living in it now. And I I don't know, but I think I think they own it too. This one? Yeah. Why you think that? Because why not? I mean. Why not? I don't know. I don't know why now. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I I don't. It don't say if it's a tower zone. That's why I don't think they own it. I mean, what does it say? I don't know, but I didn't see that. Like, I feel like I, I wouldn't see. I didn't see that on this one either until for a minute, and we found out really? that they only had. Mm. And that's and because it's the whole towers thing. I, I'm an extra mean. See if he knows. But yeah, like I said it's just crazy. Like it's just crazy. Even we we'll go back to the credit thing. It's the whole all the stuff is just system set up by somebody else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that marketing went crazy. Seventy-five hundred with no. They said no credit. We don't care about your credit. I'm like, okay. They said they. If we would have said we made $40,000 online last year, they'd have been like, oh, really? Here's money. Here you go. Here's $7,400. Here, take this. And we made less than a 10. What was Is it 10? It is 10. We, we made less than a 10. And they're like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll find a way to give you money. And we're like, all right. And it's like, now I talked to the guy. I think I had this on the phone, maybe. No, I don't think this was on the podcast. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, I had a meeting with this credit repair person and i'm just like if he increases my credit from 500 to 650 in the next six months does it matter if i didn't pay off credit cards or credit card debt who who is affected by that what the company that wrote it off and sold it they write it off as a loss they get money for that as a loss then the person that buys it from them tries to get it back from me then they get paid for that 
So, like I said, people just, people get upset because they don't understand how things work. Like, I was, oh, you know what's crazy? I saw this tweet by Elon Musk. He is my favorite superhero CEO. And I wonder if Steve Jobs was like this. I just never got to experience it. People get confused sometimes. They think an economy is money. Money is a database for exchange of goods and services. Money doesn't have power in and of itself. The actual economy is goods and services, which is why I'm always telling people, make money. Forget everything. Everything else will come if you just find a way to sell something to somebody. Add value to, like, create a business. That is, that is, that is the game. Everything else is not the game. That is the only game that exists. You do that in terms of, like, uh, economically, in terms of like, that kind of stuff. Do that make a business you get all the benefits of everything people give you money if you're making money people it's it's so much it's so many things if i was making 10 million dollars a year right now i guarantee i could have somebody who wants to work for free people are like oh my god you make 10 million dollars? I'll, I'll do your marketing for you for free just to see if you like it or not and it's like now i have free labor because i make a lot of money people and ain't going I'm not, I'm not gonna go into it. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. <sighs> Don't do it, Donna. Okay. Gotta reel, reel myself back in. Um, but almost, almost, almost went there. Almost went there. Not gonna do it. Um. So next on the agenda for today is last week craft fair. <sighs> almost had me. Almost had me. It was a pretty slow weekend. Uh, it rained crazy both days, and we just assumed that was the case because we were gonna get the market alone. Like, and we got it. Was it, it was deposited yesterday? Mm-hmm. Right, we got it on Tuesday. So we we always say, when things start going crazy for no reason, like I'm talking about things you just can't control. You have to just go. That's ridiculous. Like, how am I walking down the street? And the wind blow and the cart hit me in my leg and destroy my Crocs. Right? Like, how does that even happen? What's the odds of that even happening? When I start seeing things like that happen, I already know that we're about to get blessed crazy. So I think, I'm pretty sure, we're going to get something from the marketing loan. I don't really know what yet, but I think we're going to get something from that. Because last weekend was so slow, it rained so bad, it was leaking on the clouds, it was leaking on uh, on the floor, we didn't have any real sales on, I think we only did 12 sales total on Sunday, and Saturday was like, eh, like it was okay, I think for the weekend we did like $800, so it's like, eh, that's not really doing doing much, and they froze our account on Saturday, so that weird thing like that start happening we just know we're about to start getting money like it's just coming but uh i am going to segue into the league of villains segment hello this is my segment um i'm not sure if i i think i did talk about doing the pitch contest last week um in the podcast so i did it um so because of all the AI tools that we have now, it's so crazy. Uh, there's ChatGPT, there's Tailwind, there's just like so much stuff. Um, Canvas is amazing for streamlining like presentations and just content in general. So like 
very short minute very very short short minute last minute very last minute i kind of threw together a presentation a pitch deck probably within an hour or two before the competition and was still able to come in second place so that was pretty good so second place prize was five hundred dollars first place would have been a thousand um yeah, first place would have been a thousand. Uh, the person that won, she teaches disabled kids how to swim. So I'm like, she she's gonna take first place. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience. I, I one and it actually made me feel more confident about doing pitch competitions. So that's something I'm probably gonna be looking into a bit more because I know they do a lot of them and a lot of different uh. Uh, companies host them it was not something that was on my radar before because like in terms of funding it wasn't on my radar because I always felt like I'm not doing anything that's like going to be super like oh my god that's amazing we have to fund you now that's kind of what I had in my head like about the candles if that makes sense but hearing their reaction like consistently everyone in the um that was listening to my pitch literally said like this is a, a great product it's an amazing product your product is amazing and they mostly had pointers for me like oh you need to sound more enthusiastic you need to sound more because i didn't have it I didn't have the confidence kind of in because i know it's a great product but is it better than saving you know children from world hunger you feel me so that's just like i said that changed my mindset about it honestly a lot and I am kind of looking forward, you know, into exploring that realm of opportunities. And funny enough, it was a very last minute thing. And the reason why the person invited me to do the contest was because she said, you know, I think you guys are going to do like really well because you're already making sales. And I think that making sales is if you're making sales, everything else, it doesn't even really matter. You could you could do a lot with just making sales so and the reason why i say that is because i know that a lot of people you know similar to me kind of get caught up in the oh my business isn't 100 percent finished my business isn't you know it's not exactly how i want it to look it's not exactly like and I, my thing is like try to if i could get it as close as possible to what i want it to be and i can still upgrade it later that is that is that's good enough and I can try and test it out, see what comes from it, see what people think about it, and then kind of move from there. So that's that's something that, you know, that I feel is important. So we did the live yesterday and have decided what we're going to be doing for this month. And I'm actually very excited. I'm, I'm excited to run the ads. My role is to do $10, um, $10 worth of ads every day have that set up and posting on Pinterest. Like I said, me and Tailwind about to be best friends. I was looking at influencer stuff just now. So there's something called Up Upfluence that I want to look into. I was looking at Social Cat. I got my first um, person today from Social Cat that has reached out to us saying that, oh yeah, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, get a candle and um, make content. But I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what's the best way to go about it because 
when it comes to the content thing, like the influencer, we did something similar before and we didn't really get the best return on it. But people keep saying that that's a viable option or a thing that could get you a lot of returns. So it's like, I want to explore it, but you know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Cause they'll do it for free, for free product, but it still costs us to make the product. So I'm like, should I give them a small candle? Uh, you know, still trying to figure that out. In terms of journaling, haven't really journaled that much. Honestly, the first time that I journaled in a while was yesterday. And I think that I journal less when my mood is kind of more stable. But journaling through with my mood being stable would be the most ideal thing because I feel like it kind of helps to keep it stable. But yeah. So that's where I'm at. The next topic is the live that we did yesterday. Um, one of the more important things I want to focus on this month is really sticking to my to-do list. Like I want to just get back on it and try and do it every single day. It's, it's hard. And I know what stops me from getting to finish it every single month is more so I just have to just do it. I know what I have to do. I just stay focused and do it. And I know what stops me from getting there. Like, I know the things to do. Right. So one thing I've heard about a lot is something called a to don't list or a not to do list. And I don't really have that. Right. I wonder how it would help. Like, I know all the things I could be doing to make myself get through it. I don't know why I don't do it. Like, for example, one would be uh, time blocking. That's one that me and Toya talked about in the past. Um, making a to don't list, um, doing things whether I want to or not, regardless of what other people feel about it, just getting the things done, right? That'll give me to where I want. And then also, I think a big reason why I don't finish the list is because something that's not on the list that I've deemed to be a higher priority than what I'm doing on the list comes up. And then once that happens, I just kind of lower the value of the list going forward because I'm like, okay, what's more important? Should I be focusing on this list or should I be focusing on getting these craft fairs and these candles and these things prepped? You know, so it's kind of like I always set the list as a as a goal to hit and just try and strive for the goal. Because at the end of the day, even if something comes up where I don't finish it, I'm going to be better off than if I didn't do the list at all. And I feel like the last month, maybe month and a half, I haven't really been doing the list. And I don't think things have been very bad per se, but I have noticed in April, it was a little bit slower. Uh, I know we were very low on funds for April. So that kind of reduces certain things. We had a lot of issues with our bank. Our accounts are negative combined, like $1,000. So I'm not really trying to pay that. So that kind of messes things up. And then once you have situations like that, subscriptions stop working and now you have to figure out what's worth more to do. And then, you know, you're thinking about eating and then you're tired and then it's like, okay, we have a prop up fair coming up. And then those things detract from me focusing on my list. But like I said, this month, I want to really push myself to doing my list. So I'm back in the discord again, posting what my to do list is every day. Um, because 
we are we are coming up to a point where we have to figure out the online space because I can already see the deterioration of markets in the sense of they're viable options and they're great for where we're at right now. But I think that to do the market to have the best return, we need more capital. So like the markets that are $20,000 or $12,000 to do a wholesale fair at the Javits Center or to work at Grand Central Terminal or to do uh, holiday markets, like it may it may be better for us to do, funny enough, if we just did those and not the other daily, weekly markets, we would probably make more money. So we have to figure out this online thing, whether it be ads, whether it be content, whether it be email marketing, but we have to figure out how to generate online sales. And I think that, well, that's the plan for this month is to just, you know, do something. I always, my, my always, my, I always say like, just start doing something. Even if it don't work, it don't, it, it's going to break. Just figure it out because at the end of the day, we'll learn something by posting on Instagram every day or posting on Pinterest every day or sending out email marketing twice a week. Like we're going to learn something that we didn't know before. And it'll be easier the more we do it. And if we can stay doing it, it'll compound over time. So that's what I really want to like focus a lot on that. And we've been able to finally come down to what we're going to be doing as far as what apps we're going to focus on. So my main focus is going to be Instagram and emails. Melissa is going to be Facebook and Pinterest, right? And they were both obviously doing YouTube. So that means that no, any, anything that gets posted outside of that, those come first. If we decide we want to post a short on TikTok just because for the fun of it, or we want to post on Twitter for the fun of it, then it's like, that's cool, right? But that's last. Like, if, we, if we're if we doing that, it's because it's 2 o'clock in the morning and we're bored. And even then, it's like, well, we could be posting on our platform. So, you know, like I said, I, I just, I, focusing on one thing is what is difficult for us to just do on every single layer of the business. So so that's gonna be our challenge that we have um, for this month. As Melissa talked about earlier, super AI month. Like, honestly, I gotta post, what time is it right now? It's 9.43, it feels late. Uh, I was even thinking about this too. So we have 30 posts this month, right? Would it be crazy if we just did all 30 posts in like a week? In whatever platforms we have, Cause like you could do all your Pinterest things in a week. Oh yeah, I could do all the emails in a week, and then, but that means now for the rest of the month we have nothing to do. Um, that's if you get it done. Sure, but I'm like I didn't. I was thinking about okay, I'm gonna wake up in the morning, make a post, post it. I wasn't really thinking about wake up in the morning, make seven posts, and then schedule it on later, and then have it go up whenever it goes up. Yeah, that was that was my plan. Right, but that's not, but I'm saying like. How many were you planning on scheduling at the same time? Because like I said, at that point, you might as well. I want to do it. I want to get them all done for the week. Mm. Okay. At least, like, in a day. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm going to just do as many, minimum a week, as many as I can today. And then from there, because 
this week might be like a slower week, quote unquote. I mean, and then there's like, there's always something to do. The videos. So that's what I would just say, like, I would minimum seven posts, maximum as much as I could do. Um, just in case later on next week is going to be like, let's say next week end up being more hectic than this week is. So mm -hmm. that way I'm still covered. That's how I look at it. Yeah, so I think it's really crazy that we did eight hundred dollars this month in online sales. Oh yeah, fast. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I don't know how to replicate it. Came <laughs> from, and that's the worst part about it. When, said, when it comes to the online sales, we gonna figure it out. That's what. That's how we got GA four. That's what she was saying too. Where it's like we had it set up from before, as opposed to like, damn, we got these sales and we don't know how. We can't go back in time to check the metrics oh okay so you could so you could pretty much yeah i could check i just have right that's why i'm setting myself to do google analytics one hour a day yeah. because mm -hmm. we need to know that and i think it's funny that that's something that she stressed stressed mm -hmm. um and i think the timing of things is always perfect but, or you know interesting I, I would say so yeah yeah so, so that's that's something that i really i'm excited like i said i the online figuring out online is such a huge thing that's a game changer that opens up so much free time for us we've already in my opinion would you say we mastered the markets um i think i think we can go into any market and as long as it has a certain amount of foot traffic and um the people are kind of like already predisposed to buy. I feel like I'm just adding that. <laughs> that but, qualifiers. Right. But I think that if the market, because I'm like, Turnstile had good foot traffic, but it didn't have good quality cus um, customers. Mm. Verity had good quality customers, but didn't have a lot of foot traffic. Mm. So I think that both are necessary. And when we have it, I know that we are going to make a minimum of X amount of dollars. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I said, I'm always the, the the turnstile thing. I always feel like we could have done more, but we also were working on a very low budget. Uh, yeah, low budget. But I think the turnstile thing is not. It's like Chelsea Market, where that quality of of customers or quality of foot traffic really shows is the importance of it. Because yeah, you can have a million people running through here, but if they are literally just running through here, that is mm -hmm. nothing for you. And I know, I guess you feel like you just have to get them to stop. I'm like, much. I look at it like this. But Making $300 a day at Turnstile. That's five big candles. But that's not, that's not easy to do. But I don't think we had the setup for it. Like I, I, think, I think, it's, but I don't think it's the setup. I also think that people don't like having to carry the candle. And that's something that I feel like we need to kind of figure out whether like, you know, that's having the shipping option would the shipping be free like how would we set it up i'm not too sure but that is definitely one thing where it's like mm. that's a very big pain point for people they want the big candle they just feel like it's too big to yeah, we have doordash huh yeah doordash so i mean so yeah i'm saying that, that would be the thing because i'm like that i feel like if if someone's at the fair and they go, oh, i want to buy this kettle i'm going to a concert today it's like all right cool DoorDash, which can deliver it to your house right now. Is anybody at home that can pick it up? Or do you have a mailbox that can just drop it off in front of your house? Like, how would you want to do that? Because I'm like... I don't know. Because DoorDash has its own thing. Because then, uh, do we have to tip them? Is that a us thing? Is no. that on the customer? It's Well, 
it varies. It's, it's a, that's a setting thing. How does that change the delivery of the DoorDash service? In terms of what? Um, well, they don't get tip until, well, that's not true, but we could tip them like seven dollars. I feel like that's a decent, that's a pretty decent tip, and um, the the delivery fee it seems like it says you could pass it on to the customer or we could pay it. That's another option that they have too, um, and then also there's a tip that because we can tip and and the customer can tip. Because like I said, when you go on DoorDash, that's a setting that you, no, not on DoorDash, on um, Square, you can put either or. So I'm like, that would be a thing, and I feel like at seven dollars, that's lower than shipping for. But that's just tip. How much does it cost to do the thing? Like five dollars. Five dollars. No, just depending on how far you are, but the base is like four ninety nine, I think, or maybe less. So that's already kind of like twelve dollars, and that doesn't. Yeah. So it's an option for sure. It's just kind of like I said, figuring out how to how to cure that pain point for people. I think I think also the seven ounce candle would also maybe be better too because it is lighter. Lighter to carry. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. So they're on the way. They will be here. Um, yeah. Like I said I think I said, I'm still. I would. Oh, yeah. Do turnstile again if it was under different management. But that's what I was saying. But um, that's the, the other thing I was trying to say too. Because the candles are um, the bigger candles are heavier. They don't want to carry it home. So instead of having five sales of big candles, we're gonna have to do twenty sales of the small candles to make three hundred dollars a day. Which is like that's more like sales that we have to do. Um. Yeah, like I said, I from my experience being down there. I think if we have a setup like a shop that we would be able to get those sales Like we would be able to just people would walk by and go. Oh, you guys sell candles. Let me see it and smell it and whatever. I think one we would have to again, this is this is a situation where is it worth doing? I don't know. Is it possible? I think it's very possible because one of the issues that we would have is the smell of the food that's down there. So we'd have to have them put us where there's not like someone that has that kind of food that's that gets stuck to you. So like maybe in the back or maybe all the way in the front where they're doing like dessert or something like that. Um, that's one thing. I think similar to whoever's down there right now with that greenery setup. I think if you came, if we had the candles on the table like we did before, cause we didn't even, I don't think we did that ever down there. If you had the candles on the table and you probably walk by, like, oh, let me see it. And it's higher to look at it. I'll buy a candle and they can see the package in there. I think they'd be more inclined to buy the candle. I think at the end of the day, we can get two or three at the end of the day and then get one or two during the day. And it's like, that's just big candles. I think we could do that consistently at the fair, at, at turnstile. But it's like, how much is it worth doing? Because I wouldn't want, it would, for me to be down there or you to be down there, it takes away from other things we could be doing. But I think that it has that value to it. But then the other problem is turnstile is a bad market. Like just like how they run it is not good. But if somebody had new management, I'm like, I would consider because the guy that's there, he said he does really well, the jewelry person. People stop all the time at his booth. So it's like, how do we get people to stop all the time in our booth? Like jewelry is a, it's just a different like industry. Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at the jewelry 
people doing well to then see like how we would do. I'm looking at it for people. People will stop. Sure, but then that's but it's it kind of goes back to the. I think jewelry is a product that people like because it is it's small. So I could stop real quick and see how this looks on me, and it's small, and I could put it away. It doesn't. I don't think about it until I get home, kind of thing. But you can stop smelling candle. That's all I look at. Like you just stop. Right. But that's what the thing is buying it, and that's why I said that it's coming. It'll come down to making the twenty small candle sales versus the five big candle sales to make three hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I think. Yeah, I said we disagree on that. So we will be back here next week, Tuesday, Wednesday. You can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D O N I V A N G R A Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A N E T A B U R N. You know what it is? Hashtag Bamboo Project 2023, the road to 500K. It's about to go up going up the next two or three months and with that being said bamboo project 2023